Well, it's the middle of the night again, and I can't seem to rest my brain. Um, you know, I can't stop thinking about what this podcast space is for and, you know, peeling away the fun, clever, you know, concept of what the fuck is going on here, which is a viable question. I think to my earlier um, kind of exploration of what that is and in my effort to define it, I think that what the fuck is going on really is about trying to make sense of big feelings that feel senseless that feel like we are, or when I'm not in control, or that, we, you know, these big moments when something is so powerful outside of the norm is happening and affecting and disrupting. And that's where real growth is possible. And that's where, where real change is possible. And it doesn't feel safe, but that's where we get the opportunity to leap when patterns are broken and it's very uncomfortable. But when I was living in Los Angeles, one thing I learned by the time I left is that, you know, you just settle into this rhythm. And I did it too in New York as well. You just, you just wake up and it's eight years later or it's six years later. And some people might have comfort in that consistency and I struggle with it because I like to explore and to discover. Um, and I think what the fuck is going on here is also about digging into awareness so we can, again, make sense of things. We can give ourselves our best shot at at just like some relief in understanding things that seem too complicated to wrap our brains around. Um, I think what's also worthy to kind of discuss is how I made my decision to come to Asheville. People consistently ask me, why Asheville? What's there? And the answer is nothing. Um, I know there's peace and quiet here. And I've heard about that for years. And it was the opposite of where I was at, and I need space. And ironically, I lived in such a small apartment for so many years that um, I was... You know, one of the good things about me is that I look for the good most of the time. I'm human, though, and I do, I do struggle with that sometimes. But um, at this time, I, I held on. I stayed open. I didn't rush. When everything started changing, I knew in March this was... There was a lot of trouble ahead of us.
And in part, I think I have very strong instincts and intuition. And on the other hand, I think I develop my natural, you know, capabilities through hardship. Um, I can tell you that I listen to my gut. I listen to, you know, I, I, it, it was so strong inside of me that it's like it can't be ignored. And I held on and then I, you know, I'm looking at an apartment. I'm in an apartment at the time and I'm trying to figure out what do I do? Do I, do I just get out? What's the point of getting out? I'm just going to have to come back. And I look at timelines. I'm always aware of timelines. And I realized, you know, I also have a thing with the number three. So, you know, it was March, April, May, June. But by the time May came, I realized that we were in some trouble. And it just logically didn't make sense that things were going to get back to normal. When I heard people saying like, oh, well, we'll be back in a month. I I just thought that was really naive because there was no way when you looked at all the information that was being gathered and shared about infectious diseases. And I do make the effort to listen. I listen to podcasts. I read articles. Um, you know, if you can sift through the sensationalism that is typically reported in the news or that can be reported in the news, you can actually find some interesting facts to work with. Um, and everything I read or heard, I was making sure there were there was consistency in the information I was hearing. And it just wasn't adding up. And I knew that there was only so long I could hang out for. And I knew that in New York, you know, once the seasons come, uh, you have certain kind of windows, time frames. And I still believe, you know, that if New York reintegrates, they're going to face some real trouble that's going to easily be completely uncontrollable. And I didn't want to see myself in that. I also didn't want to see myself there in flu season. Um, I didn't believe we were, you know, coming back in the fall. I just have, I just don't believe it. Um, nothing is pointing in that direction. And I, I pay attention to the way I feel and not just emotions, like the resonance, how it sits inside of me. Um, and I don't ignore that. And I had to learn to do that. And I read a lot of books about awareness and paying attention to yourself. And I went to acting school, which is all about paying attention to yourself. Um, but it still, with all of that, it just took many, many years and um, some unfortunate circumstances when I was younger. So, for instance, I was thinking earlier today about a time when my car came out of the shop. 
I was in LA. I was 24, maybe 25. And my car, I had really unfortunate circumstances, and it, some of which was. I don't even know how to describe it. it was like I nobody did anything wrong it's just the Murphy's law issue and I had an apartment flood within 6 weeks of moving to LA and I had to move out and then I was like homeless for a few months so I was renting a room in a weird place that not weird, but just, you know, a complete stranger. So I was renting a room with the complete, you know, a complete stranger's apartment. And with all my stuff in my car, <laughs> I mean, it's so weird. A drunk driver hit my parked car and like totally fucked it up. The car hit that hit my car hit it so hard that she was an underage you know, she was 20 years old and she was drunk. And she, her car, she was turning a corner from Sunset Boulevard, hit my car, and flipped upside down. And that's how, that's how she got out of the car. And she was okay. And I think she had no insurance or something. So it was like a total clusterfuck. And, you know, so I dealt with that. And I still don't know why that all happened. Um, then I got my car out of the shop. And it was like the first real big move um, from, you know, the East Coast. I had my parents helping me, dealing me, dealing with like you know, guiding me. How do you deal with like you know, cars and insurance and all that? And I think I was in a dispute with the landlord. I think this is where I was going. I think I was going to the Van Nuys courthouse because the first landlord. <laughs> wouldn't give me my deposit back and I was very outraged um, that's so weird I feel like I keep hearing sounds this is weird um, for those of you tuning in I'm in a tiny cottage in the middle of Asheville behind a house um, but I am, again, I'm like sensitive to like my surroundings. So I'm hearing tiny little sounds and I've had to kill a couple bugs again. It's kind of, they need to patch this cottage up. Um, so I'm on Van Nuys Boulevard. My car came out of the shop. I open the door, I park on Van Nuys Boulevard, for those of you who know that, it's very busy. And I open the door, and I go, I just open the door. I don't know why. I open the door, 
It's wide open. It's a two-door Ford Focus or like a hatchback Ford Focus. So these big doors because they have to be big enough to get in the back seat. And I quickly go to pick up my paperwork, I, I guess. That's what I remember. And this Mack truck, I hear, oh, shit. And this Mack truck just happens to be passing my car with the door wide open. And it just catches it. And it, like, catches it multiple times on whatever is on the side of this truck. It just keeps catching it and pulling it and pulling it and pulling it. It's like, boop, 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 boop. And it just fucking, like, pulls it back, like, breaking an arm so hard. <laughs> the window of that door exploded all over Van Nuys Boulevard. And I... I do remember I was actually getting out of the car when that happened. So my leg was just about to get out. My leg was out. And then I just was in shock after it happened. And, of course, the Mack truck didn't stop. So I have a door hanging off of my brand just just repaired car. That is a lack of awareness. That's a perfect example of a lack of awareness. So, you know, I guess I do feel kind of called to like use my lessons and because I just care about people and I want to see people good, like, you know, thriving. Anyway, these lessons, you know, so there is that lesson. And here I am in New York in the midst of a pandemic and I'm hyper aware. And I'm like vigilant, 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 reading everything, listening to everything, processing it, not letting it dictate my reality, but adding it up and seeing how it resonates inside me, really resonance. It's one of the biggest indicators of where to go in life. And if something feels good, Deepak Chopra, I don't know if you can hear my stomach gurgling. Hungry, I guess. Um, but Deepak Chopra says, and I think his book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, when something feels good, like follow it. And then something is not good, it you're, doesn't, you're, you don't feel good. It feels, it's a bad feeling inside. And follow it. Don't do it. If something is telling you, don't go somewhere. Don't go somewhere. If you're walking down the street and you feel like you're walking into danger, turn around. Listen to yourself. So again, what what I want to kind of talk about, you know, with other people, because I'm curious to hear about it. And I think, you know, there's more benefit to just me sharing my stories is that what does listening mean? You know, I remember in acting school, we would listen with our bodies. What is our what is our body saying to us? But you know that's for acting. It's like in real life, what do you do with that? And the acting training wasn't. It was just about like 
being aware of like the sensations on your body when somebody's like, you know, affecting you because we're always affecting each other no matter what. And in this really weird world that we've constructed, we have to act like we are not affected because that's what we are told to do, especially in corporate settings, professional settings. Um, so yeah, like that's, that's been kind of some thoughts that are going through my mind because I'm very attuned to the concept of awareness right now because awareness is what, uh, got me to pull the plug and reconfigure what I was going to do and how I was going to deal with it. Uh, buying a car in Boise, Idaho. I mean, on its surface, it seems insane. And it was, in theory, pretty risky. But I knew I needed this car. I knew it. And that's my journey. And everybody has their own inner knowledge. And we don't need to ask people permission or what they think. You just have to be like, oh, Lord, I hope I'm being led in the right direction. You know, it's like walking in a dark room with um, with glasses. Like, God, like, you know, you can barely see. Something covering your eyes, you just see a little light. Um. I did. I had this astrology reading for my fortieth birthday, and after we were talking about all like my signs that I came into this world with, my my birth chart. This astrologer said, "You're a calculated maverick," and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." So I listen. I listen. I listen. I absorb. I process, I add it up, I look at the trajectory, I like, you know, lick my finger, put it in the wind, where's the wind coming from, where's the direction, and then I leap, and I know exactly where I need to go. I think I am getting, I'm about to say I'm getting a little too old for this, except I just did it again. So I just, it's not that I want to do it, but when push comes to shove, I will survive. And I will find a way through a complicated situation. I'll maneuver. And I am good at that at this point. And I can see, you know, 10 steps ahead. Figuratively. Um, And that's how I've been navigating my life. Um, Sometimes... I think when you are aware, it doesn't mean you know the future. It doesn't mean you'll know all the good stuff coming in. It doesn't mean you'll know all the challenges. But just generally driving your life in a certain direction, um, I think, is is the goal in a truthful direction and um, that's going to move your life forward. And that is my, I think, individual kind of first step contribution toward 
the idea of what it means to be aware and what it means to be aware in my life. And I imagine that being aware is very different for everybody. So, you know, I, like I said, I'm trying to arrange these virtual round tables because I think we can learn by hearing each other's experience and trying to get, you know, um, a diverse round table. And because I think, you know, awareness is um, influenced by experience. So experience can inform awareness, whether it grows or, um, you know, remains stagnant. And, and somebody's awareness is no more valuable than somebody else's awareness, I think. But I do uh, I just think it's very complicated. Um, and I do think today I had this thought that awareness can is fluid. So when you're in a peaceful space and you have that relaxation, do you have your mind and your kind of spirit expand and you breathe? You breathe into relaxation, and that can affect your ability to be aware. However, on the contrary, when you are kind of in your limbic space, when you think you need to survive somehow or some, you're being threatened, I think that can actually close your awareness. And I think that's worth discussing too. And so when you feel that way, how do you stay open? And it doesn't mean you deny what you're feeling, but how do you make the effort to stay open? Because there's one thing that a short shortcoming or whatever it's called. I can't even think about it right now. Um, you know, an area for improvement in, in my life is that I, I, I've had a history of like, you know, not literally, but like, you know, biting, you know, jumping, shutting things down, um, defensiveness. And I think it comes from certain experiences in my youth, which was, you know, an effort to protect myself. So, you know, for what it's worth, you know, we got to, you know, ideally we got to keep growing and not let that drive our experience as an adult at some point, you know, to come to peace with the, those chapters of our lives. Um, yeah. So those are my initial thoughts on awareness from my own life. And, and I think I was right. And the best part is <laughs> the best part is, and I'm relieved because I went through a lot to get to Asheville and I drove here in like one stretch. My oh my god, my back was fine. And then the two days after I got here, oh, rest is going to be the next topic that I'm going to talk about in my life. Rest. Whoa, even though I'm not resting right now, but um, every day I wake up grateful here, even with those damn critters that I don't want to be near. I wake up. 
I have this amazing sound of the screen door squeaking that I love. And there's, even when it's raining, it's gorgeous, but typically a blue sky, space, height, nature, these glorious big trees. This family is inspiring me to what life could be, being content. Um, just being seeing that view of that Blue Ridge Mountain, you should go to the highlights of my Instagram page because I tried to show, show you through video and some photos what I see when I walk out of this cottage. It's amazing. It is true gra gratitude after living in, you know, Los Angeles and New York in such hustle. And I don't think I'm in that space anymore. I think I need expansiveness. Um, and that's something to be aware of. You see the pattern? We're always coming back to awareness. Because hopefully the more aware we are, the better choices we can make for ourselves. Um, and I, I think a lot of people are aware. But a friend of mine actually today, you know, I've sent out like blasts. Tell me what you think, you know, I think you might have seen it on Instagram. I want to know what being aware means to you. And he came back and he he said something like, Well, what aspects of being aware do you mean? I was like, Well, that's pretty smart, because I didn't even that's so smart. He's like, you know, he's like physical awareness, like of my body. That's awareness. You know, what's denial? Is that, is that, is denial of like a health issue? Um, you know, in other words, a lack of awareness. Is that, that, is that to survive? I, I mean, even though it doesn't work sometimes, like, is that the body denying awareness to trick itself into a false, survival I don't know so physical awareness is something else I also think there's you know spiritual awareness physical awareness uh, awareness of knowledge practical awareness awareness of other people of their history that's awareness and what do we do with that and then awareness also ties into hearing you know, listening actively, I think that is the verb, listening. And then hearing is actually understanding and processing what you're, what you're actively listening to. So all these concepts that I, I think I want to talk about individually will probably end up informing the other. I don't know. I think it's all really interesting in life. I think, um, I think if, you know, if I'm aware enough to be tuned in, it seems kind of a waste to not share it and make the effort, you know, to see if people want to listen and if they're interested, because I think we're all here to help each other. And with that, I must sleep.